You may have a seat. Uh, One of the things that constantly blows me away is that the God of the universe invites his kids to come before him and to pray. Uh, It blows my mind that God actually hears our prayers, that he delights in hearing from his kids, and that he answers our prayers. I know when I was a little kid, I always wrestled with a prayer. I wasn't exactly sure how it worked. Uh, I oftentimes would listen to other people, whether it be my parents or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor at church. I would hear them pray, and I just kind of would assume that I should speak the words that they would speak. I would copy them. I would emulate them. People say that uh, oftentimes in life, there is more that is caught than taught. Uh, What is interesting is when you read the gospel accounts, the followers followers of Jesus came to Jesus one day and they asked him this question, like, Lord, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like, what a great question. If we're going to follow you, if we're going to give everything to chase after you, then would you teach us how to pray uh, to your father? And God does that in his word. Uh, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, scripture reads, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, If you're here this morning and you too struggle uh, with prayer, Uh, knowing how to pray or what you should pray about. Um, This is a beautiful model given by Jesus uh, for us to follow. Um, For many mornings recently, I have been uh, waking up early, as I oftentimes do, and finding a comfortable place on the couch, and I've been praying through the Lord's Prayer. And so I thought this morning, after singing uh, this song, about the Lord's Prayer, uh, I thought we as a church could walk through it together. And so this is what I want to do. I want to pray verse by verse uh, through this prayer. I'm going to read the verse, and I'm going to pray for a few moments, and then just in the quietness of this morning, um, I want you to pray for those things as well. Then we'll go to the next verse. I'll read it. I'll pray about that verse and give you some time uh, to spend with the Lord where you too can pray. And we'll do that together, and then I'll close us. And so I want to invite you, if you would, uh, to bow your heads, to close your eyes. A scripture says this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, God, we worship you this morning. Uh, We glorify your good name. Uh, God, you are glorious. You are good. Uh, You are just. You are righteous, you are slow to anger, you're patient, you're abounding in steadfast love. God, we worship you this morning. Please take a few moments and hallow the name of our good God.
Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that is our hope in prayer today. Lord, we pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. God, in our families, may your will be done. Uh, in this church, churches around this area and around the world, may your will be done. Lord, in our marriages, in our singleness, in our friendships, Lord, we ask your will uh, to be done. Take a moment and pray that God's will uh, might be done in your life. Prayer continues, give us today our daily bread. God, we ask for what we are in need of today. Lord, admittedly, the, the daily sustenance that we all stand in need of is oftentimes provided for us. We give you thanks. Lord, we pray for daily bread for those who have none. Lord, we pray that you would uh, meet them and us in our need today. Please take a moment and, and pray for the Lord to meet you uh, in your need. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. God, we, we come to you as uh, people who recognize uh, our sinfulness. Lord, we are, we are not perfect people in word and thought and in deed. Lord, there are uh, things that we uh, have said that we regret. Uh, there's things that we've done that we wish we could take back. There are uh, things that we have thought that nobody knows about, that run contrary uh, to your word. And so, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There is a connection between the forgiveness that is ours in Jesus and the way that we forgive others. And so I pray that you would grant to us forgiving hearts this morning. Please take a moment and pray that God uh, would extend his forgiveness to you this morning and that you uh, would have uh, the courage and the humility uh, to forgive others.
Scripture says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us uh, from the evil one. Uh, God, we recognize that there is uh, an enemy in the Christian life who does not have our best interest in mind. And so, Lord, we pray for your protection today. We pray that you would protect us uh, from our flesh, from ourselves, uh, from the world, uh, from Satan, from uh, the evil one. Take a moment and and pray that God uh, would uh, protect you this morning, protect your heart. You would say no to sin and that God would give you an affection for, uh, for himself. Father God, we thank you that you have invited us to come before you. We thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us floundering in our prayer life, that you've given us a model to follow. God, thank you so much for being approachable because of Jesus and by your Spirit. Lord, we give you thanks this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, today we get to do something a little different. We're going to hit pause on our series, Walking Through the Gospel of John. Uh, We are going to think together about the importance of remembrance today. And then starting next week, we're actually going to walk through a four-week series on one of our uh, four core E statements. I said earlier we exist to point people to Jesus. One of the ways that we do that is by experiencing authentic community. And so we're going to paint a picture over the next four weeks of what that um, actually looks like. And so then beginning in January, we'll hop back into the Gospel of John and be there until I'm 67. Uh, I don't know if you've had this experience before, but I am finding as I'm getting a little older that there are games that I enjoyed as a kid that I no longer enjoy. I don't know if you've had this experience before. Like for instance, when I was a kid, I loved playing the game Monopoly. Any fans of Monopoly in the house? A couple? Okay, good, good. I love playing Monopoly. I mean, the thought of acquiring property, uh, buying houses and hotels, taking other people's money, what's not to love? I love that game. It did not matter that I started the game in elementary school and did not end the game until middle school. That made little difference to me. I had all the time in the world. But as I've gotten older, I just don't view the game the same anymore. Like I may be working my way around the board and if I land on, you know, like Marvin Gardens or something, instead of just acquiring the property and thinking about how to build houses and hotels, I just start talking about rising interest rates and say to myself, I'm not buying anything unless I can pay for it in cash. You know, amen, thank you, thank you, absolutely. I don't see Monopoly the way that I used to. There's another game that I came across recently that quite honestly I see in a completely different light now. Uh, It is the game Clue. I actually brought it, actually brought it this morning, Clue, 
Some people who know and love me, multiple people, have already asked me, James, are you finally going to get a clue today? <laughs> Not funny, Judy. Not funny. I, I love the game Clue as a kid. I mean, it's a classic whodunit game. You know, there's a murder that takes place. You have to find out who the culprit was, what weapon they used, and then you need to figure out where they committed the crime. So recently, we got this game. We ordered it. It came, and for, for a number of days, my kids asked to play. I didn't necessarily want to, but like, I was a trooper. I'm like, sign me up. And so you take the three little cards, the person who committed the crime, where they committed the crime, and, and how they committed the crime, the weapon, and you put it in a little envelope, and you seal it, and you sort of tuck it away. And then the point of the game is to sort of figure out who didn't do it, where they didn't do it, and how they didn't do it. I didn't realize the game was going to take as long as it was taking. So at some point, it felt like after three or four hours wasn't that long. I just simply asked a question. I said, hey, hey, what happens if you guess and you're wrong? My kids said, well, if you guess and you're wrong, you're out of the game. I tried to keep a straight face, but it was hard. My next turn is like, I know who did it. And I just randomly threw out some cat. This is what weapon that he used. This is where he committed the crime. I open up the envelope. Man, I was wrong. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got to roll out. Man, Clue is not what it used to be when I was a kid. I mean, game, games changed, but one game, one game that I loved as a kid that quite honestly, I never want to play, is the game Memory. You know the Memory game. I asked anyone if they had the Memory game. Jody said she had it, but it was the princess version. Right? It's, called the, it's called the matching game. When I was a kid, it was, it was called the Memory game. Right? There were a number of different matches that you could make. There were 72 cards that you would have, and you'd lay out the cards on the table or on the floor, and you know, you'd pick one up in the corner, and it would be the apple, and then you'd pick one over in this corner, and it would be the bicycle, and that wasn't a match, and so your next turn, you would, you would flip, over, flip over the ball, and then you would go back to the bicycle. When I was a kid, man, I could remember all of those cards. I dominated. I dominated. I could remember the ball, the bicycle, and the cat back then. Now, I can't remember my wallet, my keys, or a receipt from three weeks ago. It feels like I'm laying out a million cards trying to remember the location of each. It's very frustrating because I'm finding as I get a little older, uh, my memory uh, seems to fade. Now, kids, maybe you haven't had that experience before, uh, but I assure you, uh, you will. Uh, one of the things that I love about the Bible is that God prepares us for these seasons in life. Uh, he knows that we can be a forgetful people, and so he reminds us again and again and again of the truths that we need to cling to in life. And so this morning on this Memorial Day, a time when, uh, or Memorial Day weekend, a time when we remember, uh, I want us to think together about what Scripture teaches us 
about remembering. I want us to think about the dangers of forgetfulness. And then I want us to consider God's remedy uh, for our absent-mindedness. Now, first, I want us to think about the importance of uh, remembering. And I want to do it by considering a psalm. Uh, Psalm 105 uh, talks about the importance of remembering. Psalm 105, verse 1 reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. There are 10 commands uh, given in those few verses. Each are directed to the people of God. Each are directed to you and to me as we live out the Christian life. These are 10 commands, 10 things God calls his kids to pursue. Give thanks, call upon his name, make known his deeds, sing, tell the people what God has done, glorify God, seek the Lord. It's almost as if the whole of the Christian life could be summed up in these 10 commands. This is what God says he wants us to be about. This is what life with God looks like. But how? But how? How do we uh, pursue those things together? How do we do those things? Well, the answer in Psalm 105 is found in one simple uh, command. Psalm 105 verse 5 reads, Remember. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered, O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Isn't that interesting? What we do for God um, flows out of what God has already done for us. The calls to praise him and proclaim his good name in verse 1, flow out of remembering his wondrous works in verse 5. How easy uh, is it for the people of God? How easy is it for me and maybe for you um, to forget uh, the works of the Lord? And so Scripture calls us to remember, don't, don't forget Remember God's goodness. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. Because there is a danger in uh, forgetting. There's a danger in forgetting. I don't know if we think about this a whole lot. Um, Author Tim Chester in his book, Truth We Can Touch, writes, Obedience falters when memory fails. Obedience falters when memory fails. The danger of forgetting a God, the danger of God forgetfulness, is that it's easy for us to go our own way and forget God's kindness and simply take matters into our own hands. The prophet Micah brings a lawsuit on behalf of God against a God's people. It says the Lord has an indictment against his people in Micah 6.2. The problem is that the people of God assume that God's commands were a burden. 
Like they, they lost sight of God's character and who he was. And so they went their own way. And so God's word reminded the people in, in Micah chapter 6, verse 5, Oh, my people, remember. Oh, my people, remember. If they will only remember all that God has done for them, then they will gladly live as his people without grumbling. But when we forget what God has done, we are prone to disobey. When we forget God's history of faithfulness, uh, we lack present-day faith in God. No longer are we overwhelmed by God's goodness, His kindness, or His grace. Instead, we forget and we focus on what God hasn't done instead of what God has done. I don't know if you've ever had an experience before where in the midst of a financial hardship, perhaps you have forgotten God's provision for all these years. In a season of great weakness, maybe you've forgotten that all the times God has demonstrated to you his great strength. Maybe in seasons of loneliness, you have forgotten God's strong presence And his true promises. Maybe in the closing of one chapter in your life, you have forgotten God's sovereign hand in leading you to the place uh, that he has you today. You know, it's interesting, our spiritual short-sightedness should not come as a surprise uh, to us. Uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter, warns us about it in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. Uh, Peter writes, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. And then Peter encourages the church, you and me, uh, to make every effort to add to our faith goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and love. Why do people not naturally chase after these things? Well, Peter essentially tells us it is because we are forgetful. It is because of memory failure. Peter writes, um, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Peter says, You've, You've forgotten. Like you've forgotten God's goodness and kindness towards you. And so three times he encourages us to simply remember. Therefore, he writes, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. I think it right to stir you up by way of reminder. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Three times, Peter encourages us, encourages you and me to simply remember. I don't know about you, but I need reminders in my life. I'm prone to forget. It's not just because I'm getting a little bit older. It is because I have a fickle heart. And so God gives us a remedy for our forgetfulness. He gives it to me, and he gives it to you today. And his remedy for forgetfulness are reminders. These these reminders, these stones of remembrance, these markers that we put up in our lives so that we will not uh, forget. We need these reminders because obedience falters when memory 
fails. And so all throughout God's story, God gives his people reminders. When God parted the Jordan River so that people could enter the promised land, he told them to take 12 stones from the riverbed to create a sign among you, a memorial forever. Listen to these uh, words found in Joshua chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. When God delivered Israel from the Philistines, Scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. Took a stone of remembrance. Sometimes the reminders that Scripture gives uh, to us are not, are not large stones. Uh, sometimes uh, God gives us opportunities to remember through uh, a festival like the Passover festival in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14 reads, This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. It was not a memorial that people would see, but one that they would participate in. It was something that they would actually do because people are prone to forget, and God called them to remember. This was so important to God that God even wove reminders into the fabric of the clothing of the Israelites by telling them to add tassels to the corners of their garments. Numbers chapter 15 verse 39 says, And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, to do them, not to follow your own heart and your own eyes. Right? It was as if God was going out of his way to tell his people, don't forget, don't forget, remember, remember people. Let me ask you a question. Do you have reminders in your own heart, in your own life to remember God's goodness toward you? Are, are there things that you do on a regular basis where you're able to think back and go, man, I remember, I remember when God rescued me. Maybe there's a date circled on your calendar. Maybe there's a date when you were baptized, when you went public with your faith, uh, when you celebrated in front of your church family, your family and friends, the work that God had done in you, and you look back upon it and you go, God, I, like, I remember. Maybe it's a significant event where, where God changed your trajectory in life. Maybe it was a day of sobriety for you. Maybe it is an anniversary. Maybe it is a picture. Maybe it is a person. Maybe it's a verse that you have displayed in your home. More and more, I, I need these kinds of reminders in my own life. And something tells me that you do too. And so my charge to you this morning is that whatever this looks like for you, that you would have these sorts of reminders in your life uh, to, to remind yourself when you forget of the good work that God uh, has already done in your life. What I, what I love about God's goodness and his kindness is he's given us one of these reminders as a church family that we get to practice with regularity. 
A communion is an opportunity for us as the people of God uh, to remember the work of God. Uh, it is a time where we remember that Jesus uh, sat down with his disciples and essentially said to them, hey, I, I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember my life. I want you to remember my death. I want you to remember my sufficient sacrifice for you that my blood was spilled on your account, I want you to remember that my body was broken. Uh, we remember uh, this because we are prone uh, to forget. And so God uses times like this uh, to orient or to reorient our thoughts around Him. And so I want to encourage us to do that this morning. I'm going to pray for us, and then Billy is going to come and lead us uh, in the Lord's Supper. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, we uh, tend to be a forgetful people. Uh, I can be forgetful. And so I need these kinds of reminders in my life. Uh, Lord, thank you that you give them to us at every turn. Lord, in the Old Testament, you encourage people uh, to have stones of remembrance, things that they could look to and go, oh, I remember God's good hand. Uh, there, there were other times when you uh, wove tassels on a, on a garment, had people... Uh, put tassels on a garment to say, hey, don't, don't forget the commands of the Lord. Lord, in the New Testament, you've given uh, to us the Lord's Supper. You've given to us communion. And you invite us on a regular basis to come to you and to not forget. Lord, we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget the life of Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. It gives us life. And so we give you thanks. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Amen.